Hey, it's your host, Mark Santiago. And I'm excited to introduce you to the next level of this podcast, Empowered AF 2.0. 2.0. In this next stage of Empowered AF, we're going to dive deeper into what it means to be an empowered man in his most advanced form. I'm talking healthy communication, healthy lifestyle, both physically and emotionally, and evolving into the man you've always wanted to be. So stick around and join me in this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. So today we're going to talk about navigating this marriage maze and really Mark's seven laws of problem solving that could otherwise be called Mark's seven laws of solving problems in your marriage. But before we like get into the context of this, I'm curious, what are some of the problems that are present in your guys' marriage? Like put them in the chat. Like what are the, what are the big things that happen? Is it that sex isn't happening? Is it that you're just emasculated? Is it that you just don't feel like your needs are being met. Yeah. Communication, leadership. Yeah. Let's keep them coming. Cause I'm curious. So we're going to expand on this today, but before we really start diving in on how to solve the problems, I'd like to hear about like, what are some of your problems? Oh, toxic, toxic texting. I love that game. Yeah. I love it. You just go gray rock. You say nothing. Set a boundary. I'll take some space. And then you get the slew of long messages after. And then you just both ways. Yeah. Intimacy both ways. Interesting. That's an interesting one. I love it. Let's hear some more from some of the guys. Communication being toxic. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that we hear a lot, Mark, or at least what I hear a lot is toxic texting, communication, and finances. Those are like the three. So do we want to start with those? We'll kind of work through the laws. Yeah, Yeah, let's do it. So yeah. these these uh, laws, as Joey called them, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if they're laws necessarily. The guidelines, I know. That's what I called it in the document. Um, but I came up with these a couple of years ago in terms of, you know, how I look at problems and, and solving problems, if you will. Um, and everything is 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 something that we need to look at. Um, and, I, and I found a lot of this actually through business and then applied it in the relationships um, sector um, and started understanding like how similar a lot of these things are. Um, and, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of give you this as a model or a frame. And obviously, if you're driving or whatever, remember, we'll release this as a podcast so you can go back and listen to it. We also send out an email for it too. Um, so if you're on the email list, you'll get an email about this this week. So the very first thing is that not all problems need to be solved. And what I mean by that is that sometimes what you think is a problem is actually not a problem and it's a dichotomy or it's something that is not really the real problem. So this is something I find myself in a lot um, in in doing, whether it's a relationship or it's business, et cetera. Um, A lot of times it's easy for me to, to talk about it from a business standpoint because it's my daily life. And, but if I, if I were to look at problems in my marriage, it's easy to think that, well, I'll give you an example. Let's say, let's say your wife, you know, just constantly like does something like leaves the toilet up, right? Because women always leave the toilet up, the toilet seat up, right? And they, you know, it's like you go to the bathroom and you're like expecting the toilet to be down, but they leave it up. Nobody should be shaking their head. Yes. Cause it's the actual opposite, right? You guys know I'm joking here. It's actually the guy that always leaves it up. Um, but let's say they do something that's annoying as shit to you. Right. And what happens over time is like, it becomes a problem to you, but it's not really a problem, right? It's something that is internal that has to be dealt with. But instead of dealing with the problem, instead of like, you know, dealing with your own shit, you basically go to her and say, I have a problem with you. You need to do X, Y, and Z, or this should be happening. So the first thing is that not all problems need to be solved. 
Um, now, I identify problems differently now than I did when I first created this. And I'm not going to get into all of that. But I will say this is that a lot of times what you think is a problem is actually a symptom and it's not the actual problem, right? And so a lot of you focus on symptoms and situations and not the real problem. You have to really get good at this. And um, Joey and I've talked about this for a while. Like, I need to be able to spend some time in this, but I want to be able to break down some of these things for you guys in some deeper training. Maybe it'll be a masterclass. I don't fucking know. Um, But really, like, the more you understand this idea that symptoms are not problems, that symptoms are just a symptom of a deeper problem, the better you can get at defining what a real problem is for you and what a real problem is causing the issues in your life, your marriage, your business, your whatever it is that's happening, right? Because what happens is tactically, we start focusing on what we think is the problem. A perfect example is if you are someone who's overweight and you need to quote unquote lose weight. So you think, okay, well, the problem is I just need to exercise more. So I'm going to go get gym equipment. I'm going to go get an elliptical. I'm going to go get a whatever. And so you start doing that and you're doing that a week, two weeks in, and then you kind of get tired of it and you stop doing it. And then a couple months go by and you gain weight again. And, and you're just like back in the same rut. You're like, man, you know what I need to do? I need to go get uh, a, one of those row machines, or I need to get a Nordic track, or I need to get a whatever uh, what's, uh, Norris, Chuck Norris used to sell. Uh, I need to get one of those body by Jake's, right? I need to go get, right. There's so many of these tactics out there that we go and buy because we think that's going to solve the problem. The problem isn't that you aren't working out. The problem is deeper than that. There's something in you that's keeping you stuck in this place. And so when I say not all problems need to be solved, it's you're, you got to optimize for the right problem. And so not all problems need to be solved. The second part of that is not all problems need to be solved now. So there may be something that you're dealing with in terms of, again, little stuff, um, you know, that's happening in the house or whatever. And you might think, oh, this is important. I've got to solve this thing. I've got to tell, I've got to tell my kid, don't talk to me like that. Or I've got to teach this to my son, or I've got to tell that to my wife or, or whatever. And it's like, you're constantly trying to solve problems. And then you're trying to solve them now. And you find yourself in a rut of frenetic energy. And this is what happens is a lot of times what you're really dealing with is dichotomies, not actual problems. And so the dichotomy is like, this is just part of life. Your children are going to be this way. Your wife is going to be this way. Like there are certain things that are there, you know, maybe the way somebody talks to you or treats you, et cetera. Yeah. Dichotomies are to be managed, not problems to be solved. And then the third part of that is not all problems are created equal, right? So Mm -hmm. if I start with this idea that not all problems need to be solved, not all problems need to be solved now and not all problems are created equal. Now I start to start to see a flow. Are you guys, is this making sense or is this like completely out in left field for you? Put a one in the chat if this is making sense. I'm going a little bit deeper than we normally do on this shit. Because what I want to do is give you some frameworks and some like how Mark understands the world, how I like view the lens of the world. This shit's good for you in anything you do. Business, life, relationships, doesn't matter what it is. Because you'll find yourself and you probably, if you're, if you're thinking about this, right? You're like, damn, how many times do you find yourself chasing tail not chasing tails, not those kind of tails, chasing your tail on, <laughs> I gotta be careful what I say now, um, it, chasing your tail on shit that doesn't even matter, right? Uh, how many in your work life, you know, you, you, your, your boss is trying to put out all these fires and you're like, that's not even really a problem. It's just something that they think is a problem. Now, here's the other thing. The truth of this is that we also create problems that are not even there. We, we create mountains out of molehills that weren't there in the first place. And that happens in our relationship. One of the things I like to say all the time is that little foxes spoil the vine. And those are those little things that we allow to creep in. But what happens if we don't, if we don't treat the little thing as it is, it becomes something bigger. And the reason it becomes bigger is because we don't know what to do with it. And so again, we treat it like a problem instead of just something to manage. 
So not all problems need to be solved. Not all problems need to be solved now. And not all problems are created equal. And so what that means essentially is that, hey, this might be a problem today, but it may not be a problem tomorrow. I mean, how do many of you in the middle of separation divorce, you know, you're, you're thinking about this problem of like, how do I get my wife back and all this shit. But then five years ago, you were thinking about, man, she annoys the shit out of me when she, when she says stuff to me in public or when she does this or when she does that, right? Like you thought that was a problem. Now you're like, this is a problem, right? Not all problems are created equal, right? And everything is different in terms of how you interpret what a real problem is. Fourth thing is problems are agnostic. Uh, meaning that basically problems don't give a fuck about you. They're just what they are. They're agnostic. Um, and essentially this is the fifth part of that is that they're, they're merely challenges meant to help me grow into a better leader. So what I'm, what I'm trying to do is help you build a flow. So if you start with not all problems need to be solved, not all problems need to be solved now, not all problems are created equal, problems are agnostic. Problems are merely challenges meant to help me grow into a better leader. And so you start to see the transition from this problem being something that is annoying the shit out of me, that's bothering me, that's keeping me up at night, right? It's really not a problem because what you're, hap- what you're doing is you're focusing on the situational pain. You're not focusing on the real pain. And that's the difference, right? It's because it's so easy to get caught up in all the little bunnies around you. It's so easy to get caught up in all the shit around you instead of actually focusing on here, on what's going on here. So again, if you're focusing on this, oh, how she's texting me, if you're focusing on whether she's coming and going, whether she's with a guy or not, you're, again, not focusing on the real thing. Why? Not all problems need to be solved. You can't solve whether or not she's going out with another guy. You can't solve whether or not or how to stop her from going out with other guys. You can't solve the problem of, of uh, you know, if, if she brings uh, the kids around other guys. My ex-wife this weekend uh, went through a thing where she broke up with her boyfriend, whom she was living with for the last couple of years, and moved across town to some guy's house that she's apparently renting a room from took my two kids with her to this dude's house. Like what the fuck? And I wasn't texted. I wasn't told anything. Now I could lose my shit on that and be like, how dare you take our kids to this man's house? And I don't know him and, and this and that. Was it a problem? I don't know. I don't think it was. Here's why. Because I, I use this lens because I didn't want to create something that didn't need to be created. So what I want to do is connect with her, have a conversation about it and help understand it became a domestic violence situation. And that's why she got out. She got out of the house, got to another place, didn't text me. It's not, you know, it's her responsibility with my children. And ultimately I was able to then connect with her yesterday and find out what happened. And she explained to me the situation. I didn't accuse her of anything. I said, great. Can I meet the person that you're, you know, renting a room from? She said, absolutely. And it was, it was calm, collected communication. Why? Because I didn't make it into a problem that it didn't need to be. Were my kids safe? Yes. Did I feel out of control? Yes. Did I text my son to make sure he was okay? Yes. Right. I did the things that I could do because I understand that not all problems are meant to be solved and not all problems are meant to be solved now. So if I would have attacked her and texted her the night before, said like, what's going on? Why, Why are you moving the kids and not telling me and all this other shit? Guess what I start doing? I start creating problems that weren't there. Anybody following this? Like, this is some deep shit. I'm giving you a framework for how to think through things. Because if you don't think through these things, you're going to keep finding yourself creating problems that weren't there in the first place. All right, let's keep going. So not all problems need to be solved. Not all problems need to be solved now. Not all problems are created equal. Problems are agnostic. They don't give a fuck about you. Problems don't care. They're not a problem for her, a problem for you. Problems are just agnostic. They are problems when they're problems. 
Problems are merely challenges meant to help me grow into a better leader. If you start seeing your problems for what they really are, you're going to start turning obstacles into opportunities. Now, that might be some hopeful thinking, some some like really positive psychology, but I'm here to tell you that having hopeful thinking is going to be a key to release you to your next realm, the next realm of where you want to go as a man. Now, if you want to keep staying pessimist, you probably aren't in the right place. I am not here to drag you down. I'm here to lift you up. And so if I start seeing everything that's coming at me, not as an indictment against my masculinity, oh, fuck, come on, let's go, somebody, give me an amen. It's not an indictment against your masculinity, but it's actually a call to show that you have what it fucking takes. Come on, come on. Every problem that you encounter is an opportunity to encounter who you possibly can be in the future. And your future self is up there waiting for you to become that man. And it says, hey, I sent a problem your way. And you go, great, I'm going to eat that for fucking lunch. That every, remember the Titans he said in there, well, what is pain? Fresh bread. What is pain? Fresh bread. Why? Because they understood as football players, as baseball players, it doesn't matter what you do in sports, right? Every ounce of pain is meant to help you grow into who you want to be. So if you encounter problems, it's a good fucking thing. Because if I don't encounter problems, I become what? An entitled little fuck, right? Every every time you see that and somebody doesn't have problems, what? They get away with shit. How many of you went to school with somebody who didn't have to work their ass through college and, and got away with everything? Didn't have to, you know, their parents got, gave them everything. You go, that guy doesn't value anything. He doesn't value the money. He doesn't value the car. He doesn't value the girl. He doesn't give a fuck. Everybody knows people like that. But when you've had to work for it, when you've had to have pain to go for it, you actually value it differently. And so I value the problems that come my way because they're opportunities for me to show myself I have what it fucking takes. We've encountered so many issues, problems, whatever in my business. And it's like, huh, I can take this as an indictment against me and saying you're a bad leader or you screwed up here or you didn't do this. Or I can take it as an opportunity to go, you know what? Fuck that. I'm actually really good at this and I'm going to show you why. And I keep doing that. And every time I do that, guess what? Confidence goes up. Faith goes up. Hope goes up. So that every time a new problem comes, oh yeah, you remember that three years ago when this happened? Oh fuck, this is easy. This is fresh bread. Let's fucking go. Let's go. Same thing in your marriage. Same thing in your career, same thing with your kids. So that when you encounter those things, instead of you cowering like a fucking pussy, you lean into that shit and you go, I've got this. Here's why I've got this. Cause three years ago, when this thing came at me, I didn't see it as a problem. I saw it as fresh bread. I didn't see it as something that was going to take me out. I saw it as the very thing that I'm going to lean into and become. <laughs> Joey, do you have anything to add or do I keep going? <laughs> Uh, keep going. Right, keep I'm just managing the chat on Facebook okay. and get more guys in here. So then the sixth thing is solving problems is a game of sequence. Stay in sequence and solve the right problem at the right time. Again, some of you are in these situations with your soon-to-be ex-wife or ex-wife where it's like, well, should I do this? Should I do that? If I do this, then this is going to happen. And you're playing all these games. And it's like, bro, you're solving the wrong problem. You're not even focused on the right thing. The right thing is not, how do I convince her to fuck me again? The right thing is not, how do I convince her to come back to me again? The right thing is starting with me. And when I've started with me and I've started right here to do the work on me, and then I keep getting better and I keep focusing on these things. And as I keep my head down and I keep focusing on these things, regardless of what's happening out here, I'm not moved by the, by those things. I am only moved by the immovable, right? And, and if I can, if I'm only moved by the immovable, then nothing out here is going to fucking move me because all of this is movable, 
right? So if I'm only moved by my faith, my God, my whatever, right, then then that's the thing that holds me here, holds me centered, holds me anchored. And if I'm anchored, all the shit storm around me doesn't fucking move me. And so many of you, it's like, you have no anchor. So when the storm hits, you're like, oh, I'm fucking dying. I'm losing everything. It's like, bro, the only reason is this is because you have no anchor. You don't even know who the fuck you are. How are you going to save a marriage? How are you going to convince a woman to want to come back to live with you and be with you when you don't have your financial house in order, when you don't have your emotions in order, when you treated her like shit, when you did all those things, like why would she want to be with you? You don't know how to emotionally connect with her. Why would she want to be with you? And even if she did wrong and all these things and she fucked up, blah, 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 you can become the kind of man that she would want to be with. And if she doesn't fuck her. This is my philosophy. Become the kind of man that a high value woman would want to be with. And if your wife ends up not meeting that, oh, well. And that's hard. That's hard. I'm not saying it's easy because every one of us is like, we don't want to face that reality. We don't want to face the reality that as I grow, she may not grow. And if she doesn't grow, what happens? She may not want to be with you anymore. And if she doesn't want to be with you anymore, the only thing that gets hurt in that situation is your ego. The fact that you are too afraid to fail, the fact that you don't want to handle the feelings of inadequacy, those are the things that start to come up for us. More often than not, when I talk to guys, I've talked thousands of men I have spoken to one-on-one over the years, and it comes back to more often than not, their ego of not being able to let go, of not being able to recognize what is actually happening and see this not an assault on their manhood, but an opportunity for them to become a man. That's what you're facing, guys. This is not an assault on your, on on you. This is not. This is not about you. This is this is about. This is not about you, and it's about you. It's about who you're becoming. It's about your future self becoming now, if you choose it to be. And the final piece is to stop solving problems that haven't been created. This creates more problems and complicates the fuck out of your life. Stop stop creating problems that that haven't been created. You 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 trying to manipulate her. You you trying to do all these things, make all these things happen, file these motions, get with this lawyer, do this thing. All that shit that you're doing half the time, not all of it, is meant to create basically more problems. And it comes from a place of ego. It doesn't come from a place of love. It's not coming from a place of power. This is the reason why I talk about love so much is because love is power. Without without love, you don't have power. You have emptiness. You have lust. You have selfishness. Love is selfless. And so if, if you don't have love, you have nothing. You have no power. You can't even have authority over people you don't love. Think about that. How many of you worked for a boss, right? And that boss didn't give a fuck about you. And they just told you what to do. Did they really have authority over you? No. What they had was a title over you, but they didn't have authority over you. Then that guy comes to you and says, oh, I need you to do me a favor. Oh, I need you to do this. Or I need you to do that. You're like, fuck that. I'm out. I'm not doing that. If I don't need to, if it's not in my job description, I'm not doing that. Versus the boss, or is, is that you don't even see as a boss, and not that you see him as a friend, but you see him as someone you respect, admire, and live up to, right? And you go, man, I want to be like that guy. I want to be a leader like that guy someday. And that guy comes to you and says, "Hey, man, I need you to do a little extra this week. You think you get that done for me?" And you're like, "Absolutely, absolutely." Why? Because he has authority over you because he cares about you. And so it's the same thing in a marriage relationship. You don't have authority over her unless you love her. And some of you are blind. You think you love her and you don't fucking love her. You love yourself more than you love her. You, you care more about you than you care about her. And in reality, her leaving you is just a wake up call to that and showing you that you actually don't give a fuck about her. The, the whole clinging is your ego at play. That's all that is. 
It's our ego can't fathom that somebody would want to leave us and it hurts. And then when we get to the honest truth of it, and it's like, shit, I made this about me. The fact is this person fell out of love with me because of the way I showed up because of, I wasn't the husband she needed me to be. That's eye-opening. And again, I'm not, you know, the fairs, like there's so much shit in this, right? I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to just like make it where it's like nothing. And it's just your fault. Like a lot of guys think that's what I'm doing and I'm not, what I'm looking at is what can I actually own? Because at the end of the day, if I have a conversation with my wife and there's a argument to be happened, guess what I'm looking for? I'm looking for an ownership. I'm looking for my own ownership. Hey, you have a problem with me about this thing. What do I need to do? I need to own my shit. And so I'm looking through these things sometimes. And I remember this one time where my wife was like mad at me about something. And I was just like frustrated. And I'm like, I feel wronged right now. My ego was just like flaring. I'm like, you shouldn't be mad at me. I didn't do anything wrong. Right. We've all felt that. And I pulled back and I was like, you know what? Here's what I can own in this situation. I can own that. I didn't communicate what you were your, to your expectations. I can own that. I didn't do X, Y, Z, whatever it was. It was like two or three things. And it wasn't big things, but it was the focus of, I'm not here to solve her problem I'm here to solve mine. I'm here to focus on me and what I need to do. And from that, it allowed her to have her space because a lot of times too, we're just afraid to give her space to be angry. We can't fathom that again, our ego, our egos are fragile. And, and we're like, oh my gosh, this person's angry with me. What do I do with this? We have no grid. And it's like, oh, hey, it's okay. You're allowed to be angry with me. That's okay. The rejection that I'm feeling, I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to put it over here and realize that that's not truth. You're not rejecting me. You're just feeling a certain way. And you're okay to feel that, honey. I'm here for you. I'm going to lean into that. That's fucking freedom. And that only comes with ownership. So I'll recap the seven laws of problem solving. Not all problems need to be solved. Number one. Number two, not all problems need to be solved now. Number three, not all problems are created equal. Number four, problems are agnostic. Number five, problems are merely challenges meant to help me grow into a better leader. Number six, solving problems is a game of sequence. Stay in sequence and solve the right problems at the right time. And number seven, stop solving problems that haven't been created. This creates more problems and complicates the fuck out of your relationship and your life. How do you kill the ego? It's a fucking daily thing, man. It is a daily thing. I am probably just as egotistical as anybody else. I have my ego, especially as an entrepreneur, as somebody who leads a, a movement. I have a fucking ego for sure. But what happens, what, here's, here's the difference is understanding in the moment of what is actually at play and like what is actually happening. Again, not trying to solve the wrong problems, putting off the things that don't need to be solved. The, the fact is in those situations, so let's apply this model to a conversation with your wife, right? She's upset with you about a thing. And she says, I have a problem with you about this thing. Well, the ego gets involved and says, oh yeah, well, I have a problem with you about this thing. Or, oh, you know what? I feel like you should have done this instead. That's you, what? Solving the wrong problem at the wrong time, right? That's a problem that doesn't need to be solved right now. What needs to happen is, oh, let me hear what this person's saying. So just following the sequence of this thing, Joey, can you post the uh, the seven in there? Um, yeah, I'll post them. I think you just got to change the word on one of the, the last one instead of, yeah, into life. Um, but- but essentially following the model allows you to do that. So what I would say is number one is being aware of what you're feeling at all times is, is one of the biggest keys to your life, right? If you're not aware of what you're actually feeling, like what's actually coming up for you, you don't have mindfulness, you're going to fucking fail because you're just going to be reactive all the time. That's why people say, you know, doing things like meditation, 
um, you know, any type of like worship or prayer, things like that. What that does is it gets you to a state of where you are just able to focus and be present with yourself and be present with your body. I used to think all that was woo-woo bullshit. I, I came from a faith background. I was like, oh, I all that mystical stuff. But here's the thing is that when I started to like actually breathe and do like what we're going to do at our retreat, you're going to do the breath work and stuff. Like it slows you down and you start to recognize what you are feeling all throughout your body. Remember, we have that, uh, there's a book called uh, The Body Keeps Score. It's all about trauma. Every ounce of us has, has experienced trauma in our life. And it's a great book that talks about the idea that trauma is trapped in your body until you release it. Right. And so what we want to do is be mindful of that, be aware of that, give ourselves compassion so that we can release that thing. And the more compassion you give yourself, the more compassion you can give your wife, the more compassion you give yourself, the more compassion you give your kids. A lot of you hate or are mad or are angry, not at those people, but at yourself. And that's why we always talk, we talk about the idea of projection where you're projecting your pain onto someone else. I know if I'm talking to a guy and I'm giving him straight truth and I'm just telling him the way it is, and I'm going to do it as best loving as I can, and he hangs up on me or he gets upset with me or he does whatever, that guy's in fucking more pain than I don't, right? I have my own pain. He has his own pain. And that's the way he responded. He gets mad. He yells. I got people on my fucking ads all the time that just like skewer me and just say all kinds of mean and nasty shit about me. That's their pain coming out. And I see it that way. If I didn't see it that way, I'd be affected. I'd be hurt. I'd be rejected. Like, Oh my God, these guys are so mean to me. They say some really nasty things on my ads because they're in pain. So that gives me what the ability to own my shit, focus on me. How can I be a better communicator? How can I be better at that? That then frees me from the expectations of the other person. Joe, you got anything to add before we close up? No, <laughs> so, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, this is my first time actually hearing this training because this was something that was brand new. So I was just kind of letting you run with it. I mean, I could ad lib here and there and be like, yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> You're supposed to be my hype man, dude. Where's, where's yeah, the hype? I am, I am the hype man for DB is going to be at the event. He will see how much of a hype man I am. It's great. No, I love this yeah. training because it breaks. What, what really sticks out to me here is it breaks down. Things that so many men, and I think humans, but mainly men, get stuck on. They get stuck on a problem. It needs to be solved. And then they think it needs to be solved now when realistically, you're not going to solve all of your worldly problems in a day, probably not in a year, and probably not in two years, depending on the size of the problem. And I think it breaks down this thing called problems in a simplistic way that you can actually move through it and either choose to manage it solve it in a way that seems fit for you or navigate it. Um, or sometimes you trying to solve your problem. What I've seen creates more problems for guys. It's like a you lot. solve one and suddenly you have 10 more and it's like, Hey, that had a diminish, diminishing return. Uh, so I just, I like the context of this. What am yeah. I supposed to say? I'm ready for thrive. That's what you're supposed to say. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. If you guys are interested, drop that link, Archie, uh, We'll get you on a call with our team. Um, we're we're excited about the growth that we have right now and, and the guys in our team and and uh, what we're experiencing. So if you've never experienced Thrive, it's an immersive experience. It's a 90-day journey um, where men are not just getting together to support each other and coddle each other. No, fuck that. We're here to hold each other accountable to who we want to become and become empowered men regardless 
of what's going on in your marriage or your situation. So if you're done trying to do this shit on your own and you know what, look, even finances, don't fucking let money stop you from joining. Um, I just helped a guy get in who didn't have money. We were able to like do some crazy stuff. He was able to sell some things. We've also got guys that were able to do other shit. Like, cause at the end of the day, if your growth is what's important to you, you're going to find a way. You're going to find a way to invest in yourself. You put your money where your fucking mouth is at the end of the day. And that's, that's what I have to say. I remember the first time I dropped 50K on myself, that fucking hurt. But man, the return, within a year, I had a 10X return. Obviously, we're talking finances, right? I made a half a million dollars off that first $50,000 investment. I've made multiple, multiple millions from that. That's the financial part. But with what we're talking about, holy shit, an emotional baggage that you guys carry right now. Imagine waking up tomorrow and not having the emotional baggage. Imagine waking up tomorrow and feeling like fucking amazing. Like you can fly again. How's that going to affect your job? How's that going to affect your physical life? How's that going to affect your finances? How's that going to affect your children? When you wake up tomorrow and you are a completely different man who's empowered in every dimension of life. That's what we do in thrive. If you want, if you want to hop on a call with either myself or my team, there's the link right there below. You can jump in there. And if not, I'll see you on the other side. Joe, we got to head out. Yep. I'll see you guys. See you. Peace. Hey, thanks again for joining us on this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. If you're new here, thanks for checking out this episode. And I encourage you to take a visit back to the first episodes in this podcast. Look, we have over 50 episodes on the foundations of how to be an empowered man. I'm talking about in your relationship with your wife, your kids, your work, your boss, whoever and whomever. And I highly suggest you take some time to listen and gain some insight and knowledge from those episodes. And hey, if you want to connect with me deeper, be sure to check out the Empowered Man group. That's empoweredman.co slash group empoweredman.co slash group for latest information and to join our group of other men who are wanting to be empowered just like you. Until then, this is Mark signing off, Empowered AF 2.0.